Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show, well, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, welcome, but hello, lovers. Yeah. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment, in air quotes, you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time voice in your head and a full-time wannabe cowboy. And with me, as always, is my good friend and Next City Prize winner, fucking advertising extraordinaire, (laughs) Andrew Patterson. Really took that over the top. Take it to the tap. Yep. Anyway, I'm getting some interference here. Hopefully, it's not coming through through the recordings. Or maybe it's just the robots talking to me. Yeah. But this week, we are looking maybe at... Maybe you are a robot. Yeah. Ma- oh, a replicant. Oh, oh. A host. Uh, this week, we are looking at the hidden gem in a world and the, you gotta love it, Westworld. Correct. Yeah. So it's freaking me out. I'm hearing radio. No problem. Um... Let's just get right into it and talk about this hidden gem in a world. It is, I would say, on the spearhead of this whole um, women in film sort of movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, in the last few years, there's been an active sort of uh, uh, push to you know, give women the same sort of opportunities that men have had forever in film. Mm -hmm. And especially in the last few years, it's been more active than it. I mean, there's always been film starring women. Mm -hmm. I mean, we took a look at, uh, what was that horror movie that we watched? Uh, where the lady thinks she might be going crazy. She has the, the baby of Satan. Rosemary's baby. Rosemary's baby. Film starring a woman. Mia Farrow. Right. But in the last little while, there's definitely been a push where it's like, we know that there's inequality. Let's try and fucking figure this out. And this movie is about that, basically. Yeah. And also, interestingly, the uh, it is written, directed, it is written by, directed, and starring Lake Bell. Yes. Who is fantastic, the fucking coolest. Yeah. She is, uh, you know, I was talking about this the other day, not specifically Lake Bell, but she would be along with like Elon Musk and other people I won't go into if it was like a who would you who would be your ideal dinner guests you know yeah. to like have conversation with cuz she seems she seems pretty cool and like pretty like a pretty interesting person you know right 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 uh so this film is about a uh a lady whose father is very well known for being the guy who does all of the in a world type yeah, things, he's like a major voiceover guy. Yeah, yeah, he but he does all all of all of those types of like movies and TV show voiceovers where it's like the deep voiced, serious sort of thing. He is the the guy, but uh, for reasons he has to retire, and so there's a bunch of other voiceover guys vying for his job. They want to be that the next the the, the guy. Mm-hmm. But she is also a voiceover artist, and she wants to be the in a world guy, but not guy in yeah. a world girl. Yeah. 
and the film is essentially about kind of battling and an opportunity presents itself too because like nobody's done the inner world thing the whole thing that kicks it off is like oh there's this new epic what do they call it a quadrilogy yeah uh kind of poking fun at all of the you know children's you know young adult novels that are adapted into you know super marketable film series right uh but this one is about is about women like the movie is about these um like amazonian women Am- yeah amazonian women fighting these like devolved uh mutant men hordes yeah in like a post-apocalyptic future so uh and and news word gets out to the voiceover community that they're looking at resurrecting the whole in a world shtick and it just like sets them fucking off like right. they're because her dad is the only one who can do the in a world thing and because he's retiring it's like almost there thinking about retiring the whole in a world business entirely. Mm. And it's interesting because even her dad is, her dad is not the kind of guy who's like, Oh yeah, go for it. It's like, well, yeah, he's you, an, a, he's an you're asshole. You're like fucking with my legacy. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and he's so a dick. the movie has to do with her relationship with her father, but also just being a woman in a male dominated profession, especially that one. Cause if, if you really think about it, how many female voiceovers, like outside of like Activia commercials uh, and... Tara Strong is like the only one I can think of. Yeah. And she just does every prepubescent boy cartoon character and every girl character, Powerpuff Girl. Like she's done like, right. she's got like a credits that number in like the fucking like 400s. But other than that... But I just mean like the disembodied... Shout out to Tara Strong. The disembodied voice thing where you're when you're watching oh, like yeah, a no, commercial or yeah. movie... Whenever you're watching voiceovers, it's always a man, unless it's something yeah. directed specifically at women. Again, like the Activia commercials, or if it was like Playtex or whatever, yeah. it might be a woman speaking, or mm-hmm. it's almost definitely a woman speaking. But like, <laughs> I've yet to see a tampon <laughs> ad with a, with a male voiceover. That's a guy oh, still on the product. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I know I what we're all thinking, thinking ladies. Oh, it's that time of the... No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, but yeah, it would be... That'd be hilarious, first of all. But this movie really gets you thinking about that. And so she's trying to break into this whole industry. And it's really just about that. And it's done in such a, a fantastic way. You know, like I... It's it, one of my favorite movies. It's sure. very easy for them to get heavy-handed w- yeah. with these sorts of things. But I don't think this movie does that. It still oh. maintains an, it's an hilarious. era of lightheartedness. And and like it's it's there's a lot of stuff happening in it and it's brilliant. Like the cast is amazing, first of all. Yeah. Rob Corddry's in it. Um Ken Marino's in it. Yeah. Uh, Ken Marino. Dimitri, Love Ken Marino. Dimitri Martin. Um Tig Notaro. Like it's the uh fucking uh, Ron Swanson. Why am I brain farting on Ron Swanson's name? He's he I did, can never remember. He turned his name. in such a performance as Ron Swanson that it's like I can only think of him as Ron Swanson. Right. Uh, but anyway, so the supporting cast is amazing, and it's like just so. Um, you know, there's the whole Rob Corddry with his wife, which is like Bell's sister, and right. like the the relate. It just seems very genuine. The relationships between the characters in the movie. You know what I mean? Like it feels. Right. It feels like effortless, which I'm sure it isn't, and uh, very real, and it's uh, but still hilarious and like kind of out there. And the other thing that um, I love this movie so much that I brought it. Uh, I think the last time we went to visit my sister or something like that on the West Coast, we I uh, brought it for my family to watch. Okay. And my parents 
couldn't get over it. Well, they, they could. They enjoyed it. But the dialogue in this movie is done in a way that's kind of at times uncommon. Like the characters talk over each other. Right. Which is not even still in today's day and age. Like if you look at... I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Sorry. If you look at old movies, it never happens because of the way they recorded and like a number of other things. But Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I don't notice it as much anymore because I've watched the movie so many times, but there's like a speed at which everything happens and everybody talks that is not... It's, it's still easy to follow, but it's not typical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not yeah. like a typical, and it makes it feel more natural in a, in a weird way. So yeah, it's like, I mean, it's definitely got that indie movie thing going on, like uh, Duplass Brothers or something. Oh, it's, so, it's, it's just so fucking good, man. It I is. love it. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, yeah. I, I strongly suggest to anyone, regardless of, I mean, you know, let's just say that you're not the kind of guy, because I'm speaking to guys here probably, mm-hmm. who, you know, you would you hear my my sort of wrap up of the film and you're like, ugh, fucking this whole like chick thing, like uh, whatever, <laughs> like just watch it, yeah, because it, it's don't good. Be a dick. No, 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 no. Let's not let's not get let's not <laughs> let's not get hostile. Okay. Yeah. Let's sorry. I let's take not, that back. Yeah. Let's not bring it around that way. But I'm just saying, like, even if you don't like that. E- Let's just say that secretly you're just like fuck that shit, whatever. <laughs> just watch the film for a film because it's good. Yeah, and it's funny. And you know, it might it might change your mind because It'll warm the cockles of your heart. I'll be honest with you. You know, there are times when I'm like the fucking new Ghostbusters. You can hate me as much as you want. I it's crap. Mm. Yeah, the ghosts are amazing, but I, we've already talked about this. The yeah. characters are just just bad. I yeah. just don't like them, right? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with them being women, but like because they're all women, people are like, "Wait, you don't you don't think women can star in films?" Yeah. This this movie is does what that movie was trying to do, but a bil- Oh, it, I would agree with in that. A fantastic if you ask, way. If you asked me, to, if you were like, "Well, which one did you like better?" Ghostbusters or In a World? Like, it's not even they're not even in the same universe, right? Uh, I mean, again, and I'm going to so reserve good. judgment for Ocean's Eight or whatever it is, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I make a movie like this. You know, it's an yeah. original or just property. Like give Lake Bell more money to make shit. She's obviously amazing at yeah. writing and directing and also acting. Yeah. Like it just again, original idea that presents it its point in a very interesting and funny and entertaining way. Mm-hmm. But it's not just like, hey, you guys did this, but now it's our turn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally. kind of the crux of the movie, but it's not like the movie wasn't made that way, if no. you know what I mean. Because, like, yeah. in a lot of these, the Ghostbusters and the Oceans movie, although I haven't, again, I haven't seen it, so I will reserve judgment. But it just feels forced because it's like, oh, these were mo- these were guy movies. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna be all girls, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I know that there's a there is a serious lack of new IP mm-hmm. to go around. That's why things are constantly getting remade or adapted or whatever. But like, just. Find some shit. Make Rat Queens a movie. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that, to your point, like, you know, I think this is what these various minorities and women and people have been saying is that, you know, the lack of new IP, if you turn to these underrepresented groups, you might find some new IP because, you know, as a generalization, a lot of it is for decades and decades, Hollywood, like the content has been very white driven, you know, like, let's be honest, like 
if we had more films that were about you see them now like when you go to like tiff or something like that you know you you see a movie like moonlight that's about uh you know a black gay kid growing up right. in like the ghetto uh you know south southern florida uh and it's like there and it was brilliant it was like such so amazing but if we want to see stories that we haven't seen a billion times before where the character is you know, a writer or a, lo- a lawyer or they're working in a, re- you know, but it's yeah. always like the protagonist is like 98% of the time they are white, um, male or female and right. they're kind of dealing with and it's something that's become very normalized. You know what I mean? Like even like it's, I can still relate to it, but yeah. it's like if you start opening it up to like, you know, we watch a movie like Hedwig, that it, which is so unique Oh, yeah. based on a play but i'm just saying Fucking like if you if but, you if you leverage there's so many niches yeah. and if you're giving these people the ability to make tell their own stories and tell stories that are not their own stories but stories that they right. are imagining you're going to get something completely fresh if, so if you're afraid that these things might not make money then there's a, a lot of new ips that you can adapt that will kind of like miss marvel for example yeah Brie Larson cast as Miss Marvel. Do you know that? No. Yeah. What? Yeah. But like they could have done the new Miss Marvel. Oh yeah. The, right? the, the, the movie is like Captain Marvel, which is technically a different character. I know. I know. But, but like, yeah, absolutely. What's well, her name? Camila Khan or something? Yeah, like yeah. The, the yeah Muslim American teenage girl. Yeah. Right. But but I mean, again, it's not like a a thing that they're just trying to shoehorn. I mean, obviously they might have made the 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 character Muslim American female you know, for inclusion's sake. But if you read the story, it's a good story. It's yeah. not just like, hey, let's make this a girl. Okay, it's just going to be the same other totally. bullshit. And also, it like, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I like Brie Larson, but... Yeah, well, in any case, it's a great movie. In, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, world. in a world, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Ken Marino. Ken Marino's just, always He's good. always good. He kind of plays the same character a lot, but he's so good at it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that he, I, like, I think he could do, like, I think he's pretty talented. Like, I think he could do a lot of different stuff, but that sort of sleazy laid back asshole, laid back thing. asshole. He's so good at it. And then even when he's like in like party down where he's like <laughs> kind of the same, but also, but like not successful, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but he's kind of like the same, like he's full of like, he's just fucking gold. It's so good. And Rob Corddry is like one of my favorite comedic actors. Have you he, ever watched Veronica Mars? No, Ken Reno's in that as well. Very good. Same, similar same, type isn't character. It the same people that cre- that did Party Down did Veronica Mars. It's possible. Anyway, we're getting off topic here, but check out In a World and anyone, all everyone, just check it out. It's yeah. just a good movie, like hands down. Yeah, just a good movie for sure. You know, uh, speaking of just good movies, uh, this one is not one of those. Although, eh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But um, what the original Westworld. Yeah. 1973. Yeah. Okay. Michael Crichton. Right. Written and directed. Written and directed by Michael Crichton. So, two things I want to say about that before we get into it. Obviously, everyone's... Well, I shouldn't say everyone. Obviously, a lot of people are familiar with the HBO show. The movie, on the other hand, takes the opposite approach to the show. It's about people who visit this park, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the machines kind of go wild mm-hmm. and rebel against their human overlords. Mm-hmm. 
And it's actually about a human trying to survive this park. Mm -hmm. For the last like fucking like 15 minutes of the movie though. Right. So the first thing (laughs) I want to say is, I mean, it's just Jurassic Park with robots, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the second thing I want to say is, it's very hard to divorce yourself from the HBO show. Oh, yeah. When watching this. Because totally. they... I almost feel like this movie might have been the equivalent of the HBO show when it came out. Mm-hmm. People were probably watching this film being like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is so crazy. <laughs> These robots are so fucking real. They just... That guy's face just came off. And it's like empty inside. What is happening? Right? Like, I'm sure... That's like how it went down. Yeah. Um, and the, the pacing of the movie is such, like you said, it's really like the last 15 minutes is where all the action is. But the pacing is such where it's there's a lot of setup and then things go wrong and this guy has to escape. And, you know, you, know, you don't even know, really know what ends up happening with him. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's, a, it's more about the time in which the movie was made as opposed to the, mov- like the movie itself. Again, <clears throat> I feel... Like the HBO show is almost as true to the film mm-hmm. as it can be while adapting it for uh, yeah. a newer audience. Because I think even watching this movie now, you kind of feel bad for the robots, even though. Oh, it's a clear statement. It's a clip. Like you could tell because, spoiler alert, yeah. as per usual. All right, I gave you enough time. <laughs> uh,. The end is not, it's like, it's like our last episode, Halloween three season of the witch or inception. Like the the last 15 minutes of the movie is when basically the robots actually turn and start, uh, you know, attacking the humans and you follow just one guy. All the action happens literally focused. Like we're not exaggerating. It's like 15 to 18 minutes at the end of the movie is when stuff goes wrong. It leaves no room for stuff to go right. And it just ends with the guy just sitting down kind of like in the park, just like having seemingly been the only one to survive this giant ordeal. Yeah. And the last thing that he sees, I'm really going for broke with this spoiler, but the last thing that he sees is there's a woman that he, that is in this dungeon and he tries to free her. She's like asking for help. She's asking, she's kind of like muttering and he frees her and then he goes to get her some water. And when he gives her water, she like shorts out cause she was a robot and she just like basically dies. There's like smoke coming out of right. her mouth and he just kind of like has this realization, you know, like he has this moment where he's just like, I mean, it could mean a number of things. And I think that was the whole point was to leave it open for conversation. You know, right. so many things that you could talk about. Like, um, I think considering it came out in 1973, they probably made it as racy as they could. Like the HBO show now in a post Game of Thrones world where you can basically show anything. They don't they don't even put up trigger warnings, you know, but it's like you can show violent like horrible violence you can show rape you can show and and i think that this movie kind of hinted at that like it was like showing that like it was just sorry sorry about that guys it was our robot overlords are trying to stop us from talking about this (laughs) it was kind of showing that um again as 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 r-rated as they could in 1973 you know in a film showing that it was like a really fucked up situation and like the worst of humanity like you know, just basically using these. At one point, the his buddy, the main character's buddy, says like, uh, "It's like so, uh, it's so heavy-handed." But he's basically just like, 
uh, machines are truly the servant of man or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. After he just like had sex with a robot. He's like, huh? Am I right? Am I right? And you're just kind of like, ah, oh, these this is really making you feel so it's definitely there. And I think that uh as a you gotta love it, that yeah. core element is cool. But to your point, I could not divorce my opinion from because the show the current show, which originally I had suggested to Koji that we do the show as the hidden gem, which is cheating because it's not a hidden gem. There's like millions of people watching it, which is why he suggested another movie. But yeah. the show is so goddamn good that like it's hard for well, me to But what ma- what makes it that much harder is the fact that so many characters in the movie there's very obvious parallels to the mm-hmm. characters in the show. So yeah. Ewell Brenner's character in the movie is Ed Harris's character, although Ed Harris is not a robot. And How I, many episodes have you watched? All of them. Oh, I'm not caught up yet. I haven't watched eight or the episode that just finished, episode nine. Okay, well, I obviously haven't watched nine, but... Sure. Anyway. Uh, I will say that... Let's avoid talking about the show as much as possible so that we don't spoil it for the listener. Well... I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but at one point, another guest uh, of the park on the show mm-hmm. comes up to Ed Harrison and is like, oh, fuck, you're the owner of this. And he's like, fuck you, I'm on vacation. Yeah. Right? So. Oh, yeah. To make him a robot at this point would be <laughs> kind of stupid. But anyway, uh, the Yule Brenner character is loosely based on Ed Harris's character because he's evil. Or sorry, the Ed Harris's character is loosely based it's on the Yule Brenner character. Yeah, he's evil. He's got the black hat, except... In the movie, he's the main bad guy, uh, and he's a, he's a, clearly a robot chasing these two guys down. And these two guys are the same as the the two guys who visit the park. One played by the you know the guy who plays one of the McPoyles on uh, It's Always Sunny, mm-hmm. and then his buddy. But it's interesting because yeah. the, the, I can't I can't I don't know their names. Yeah, yeah. But the the portrayal and the reason why it's so hard to divorce the HBO show from the movie, the portrayal of the characters on the HBO show, the juxtaposition is so perfect, mm-hmm. right? In the movie, it's it's very slight. You know, they're both there, obviously there to have fun. One of them's been there before and it's kind of like old hat, like, yeah, you fucked him, whatever. And the other guy's like, yeah, can I have a Gavaka martini with a twist and a lemon? And like, he's kind of a fish out of water, but there's scenes where in, in the movie, it's still kind of wacky. Mm-hmm. Like when they're in that bar fight and it's almost like, Yakety Sax is playing. And the bar fight goes on for like seven minutes, which last time I checked is excessive for a single bar fight scene in a movie. Right. But I think they're just kind of speaking to their audience, right? Yeah. Back in those days, I think a lot of people, if they had watched the HBO version of the show, would have left the theater in tears wanting to kill themselves. Right, <laughs> yeah. You know, th- there had to be uh, a bit of lightheartedness to to make the film sort of palatable. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Whereas now we're just like, fuck that. Oh yeah. Everyone's so used to me. They're like, everyone's like, yeah, the fucking machines are taking over. You know, like it's give, a foregone conclusion. Give me the doom and gloom. You know, yeah. and that's what the HBO show does. But yeah, uh, I, so I liked it as a concept. But it's hard to watch now, knowing what it could be. Can we talk about um, one? Well, we can talk about a lot of things, but yeah. can we talk about this? Okay. Okay, here we go. The thing that blew my mind 
and this is connected to the show. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love about the show, no spoilers attached to this, but because HBO has said that they want this to kind of succeed Game of Thrones, one of the great things about the show is that it really effectively establishes a world where you have a lot of questions that don't ruin... There are not so many questions that it ruins the plot that you're currently following, but it's like they just fucking nailed... It's like when you see a mo- like a ha- you see Harry Potter and it okay. like builds a world or you read Harry Potter or any of these series, you know, and you're like, oh shit, like I want to know more about things that they just touch on, you know, like they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so that teacher did like this thing or like this character did that or he's from this city that you don't see at all, but you want to know more about it. Right. This is like a 10 episode show and it has so much of that in it for me. One of the th- big things for me is that you don't see outside of Westworld in the show so far. And they talk a little bit about, uh, you kind of get an idea because uh, of the level of technology that it's in the future, but right. we have no idea what the world looks like. We have no idea what year it is. We have no idea what the rest of the world looks like. We have no idea what technology looks like. Right, right, right. Um, well, we kind of have an idea what technology looks like based on the technology that they're using. Sure, but I just mean, yeah, but I just mean like, no, no, but I, 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 yeah. I, I get your. Uh, and one of the things that part. I thought was cool is that um, is is I'm already, even though I'm very much committed to the current plot of this season of the show, right? I want to know so much more. I'm like, oh, but what about this? What about that? And what are they? Where are they going to go in the future? And what immediately blew my mind in this movie is within the opening minute, where like the reporter is like asking questions to guys. He mentions uh, Roman world and. Uh, medieval world right and i was just like i mean if if i had seen this movie first or when it came out it would still be cool you'd be like okay there's like a bunch it's like disney world like there's a bunch of different themes you know a bunch of different theme park areas but like having the current show for context i don't necessarily think they're going to do that because Mm. of the way it's established but it just made me think i was just like oh fuck that is so sweet like that you could like choose instead of investing billions of dollars into just one giant, you know, there's like all this variety. Yeah. And I did really like how, even though it's very brief, they revisit that periodically throughout the movie with secondary and tertiary characters where it's just kind of like at the beginning, you're introduced to a group of people that are arriving at the sort of hub. Yeah. They all kind of go their separate ways. The main characters go to Westworld and then to kind of progress the story, they will occasionally be like, this is what's happening in medieval world and this is what's happening in Roman world. You don't really see much of Roman world, but you definitely see medieval world. Until shit hits the fan and they make it like the fall of Rome, basically. It's like this. Fucking uh, Nero. Oh, yeah. Nero. Cool. I I I mean, not... Well, depending on... I like when he rides up like down the stream and then... Oh, yeah. Anyway, very cool. So that was cool. Uh, And then there's a lot of shit that just made me laugh. So before you get into that, I just want to say, if the show wants to take on the Roman world, you know, that whole aspect, I think it's kind of too late. Mm -hmm. Because they would have had to have mentioned, even just offhanded, when when shit started to go wrong, like, and this is not a spoiler, because in the first episode, robots start malfunctioning. You know, if someone had just been like, well, what are the other parks doing? Or, mm-hmm. you know, how are they doing? Or just something like that. Yeah. But there's none of that. So to for them to suddenly kind of bring it in would be like, well, why weren't they talking about this before? Because for sure. It would have come up. I was just thinking more about 
we know when you think about it, we know so little about the world that the TV in the TV show. We know so little about the world that exists in. All mm-hmm. we know is that there's a park. There's the people that are running the park, and there's yeah. the people that are in the park. That's it. Right. So this just like without it did use it as a mechanism to like progress the plot, but yeah. like you know, there's another sequel by the way to the movie, Future World. Yeah, I didn't know it was an actual direct sequel. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, so I actually, my first note was just in all caps. I was like, wait, there are other worlds? Because like, you don't, I didn't know anything about that going into it. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, there's some weirdly funny dialogue and like really strange music choices in this movie that aren't, they weren't the, the, I didn't love them, but they were funny to me in like a bad way. Right. Like when the guy's interviewing people at the beginning and he views that guy that's just like, I just spent two Oh, with weeks the glasses on? With the glasses. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then when he leaves, the reporter's like, thank you very much. And the guy just goes, yeah. And like walks, <laughs> on, like struts off camera and you're just like, why, what, why did he, why is he acting that way? Yeah. I was the king or something like that. Or they uh, made me the sheriff. sheriff. I was the sheriff of Westworld for two weeks. And he's just like, oh, you know, like, how was it? He's like, oh, it's the, re- is, did it feel real? He's like, it's the realest thing there is. Yeah. And then when he's just like, thank you very much. The guy, it's like almost like a Will Ferrell character. Like he just goes, yeah. And just like struts off the screen. But I, I like, I like the girl they interview too. Where they're oh, just yeah, like. The men. Yeah. What was your favorite part about Roman world? And she's just like, the men. (laughs) And she's like, they ask her, like, did you have a good time? And she just kind of giggles and is just like, yeah. (laughs) Like, they just try and imply so hard that, like, if you, Roman world is just about fucking. Yeah. Just straight up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the pre, uh, the pre satiricon or, yeah, yeah, satiricon. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh, satiricon. It all comes back. Um, Another thing that I liked uh, was the, that I thought was pretty good. I haven't watched a lot of movies from 1973 or that era, but the slow motion scenes were pretty wicked. Slow motion scenes? Yeah, there's like three of them. And they're like, I remember, I remember slow motion in old movies always being super corny and cheesy to the extent that it's made fun of in pop culture today. You yeah. know, slow motion... There's real slow motion that you see that's like now like hyper slow motion. You know, you see in like a Guy Ritchie movie or like a that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then any any other time, it's almost used for like comic effect. But like one of the scenes is where Yul Brenner go like uh, goes into his buddy's room. Yeah. The guy's getting out of the shower, and then he goes to kick the door down, and the woman starts screaming, and he's like in the towel, and it goes into slow motion, but it looks like a fucking. Those oh, and then he pushes him out the window. Or he whatever, kicks. Yeah. No, he shoots him. He like kicks oh. the door open, and he's just like, like just fucking yeah, like, yeah. shoots him. And then the guy falls out of the window. But like, even the kick looks like. Uh, what's the? F- what am I trying to? What's the film I'm thinking of? Um, there's like sequences in the rain, and everything's in like hyper slow motion. I hope it's three hundred. No, not 300. 300 has a lot of slow motion. Anyway, the point is just like it looks cool. It's like it lo- it's noticeably different than yeah. the rest of the film. You can tell that, you, you know, they use a different technique or a different camera. But mm-hmm. like it surprised me because the rest of the movie is very much the sound effects. You know, it just it like has that pre 80s like movie. My, feel. my favorite part about those old Westerns, especially is when they're shooting. Oh, yeah. When they're shooting the guns, like you hear a and then it goes silent. Yeah. For like dead silent for a yeah. second, and then the, and then like super loud, but it like it doesn't fade in or fade out at all. The the ping 
of the yeah. bullet. Yeah. And then it just goes silent again. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, who who did the sound for this? Yeah. And also there's no, yeah, there's large stretches of this movie that had no music. That is yeah. really weird. There's no score and it feels very strange. It almost doesn't feel intentional. It just feels like they're like, oh yeah, we for, just forgot to put the music in the show. <laughs> but the slow motion scenes are sick. And then there's another one where, um, oh, what was the other one? Why can't I remember? I guess they weren't sick enough for me to remember them all. But anyway, the point is, I, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That's like some pr- pretty next level shit. And I would imagine when you're talking about how this movie would have blown people's minds, yeah. those slow motion scenes, like when he hears the Yul Brenner's character and his buddy's like hotel room and he's just like, and it just goes in it. Yeah. For people that are listening, when I made that sound effect, I started to like lean back in my chair and do like bullet time. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty pretty cool. So there, I mean, I don't know. You know what I loved about this film? That Josh Brolin's dad is in it. Yeah. Well, but and he looks exactly yeah, as yeah. you would expect. Well, James I, Brolin's also a pretty big movie star. But uh, yeah, um, I loved the 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 when they go to medieval world, and uh, that guy has to duel for the queen, mm-hmm. and it is the laziest most awful sword fight i've ever it goes seen on for so life. long that's what i mean there's so many scenes that the pacing is just like but oof. it's it's amazing because i feel like that's what it would be like if a like me off the street i'm like yeah fuck i'm gonna go to medieval world and do the sword fighting <laughs> like he's just so bad at it right <laughs> yeah but it, it it's it's very true to form because like and it gets re- it's realistic because he's so tired too from right. like holding a shield and the sword like five minutes into the fight he's like panting he's like oh my god he's like, like trying to throw trays at him and stuff <laughs> any other film might have made it like a, almost a passable sword fight just to put some action yeah, into the like movie sensationalize it yeah but no it's just like this guy is the worst sword fighter in the world is easily dispatched and then and then i like later where they they get to medieval world. All the robots are already deactivated, and it's the Black Knight and the Queen are sitting in the chairs together. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So there was yeah there was some weird. St- I, the other thing that was kind of weird was just how the uh, the people running the park just didn't give a fuck. Like when when he, when everything's going wrong, and the guy comes across that dude trying to fix his car. Oh and yeah. And he's just like, he's like, yo, some shit is going down, bro. And then the, the like technicians just like yeah the robots uh, are killing everybody and he's like oh you know that the robots are killing everybody he's like yeah man that's why I'm trying to get out of here trying yeah. to fix up his car and he's like one of the robots is chasing me and he's like he's like it's a gunslinger a man in black and the guy's like oh yeah that's probably unit X twenty eight you know you're fucked you're fucked they're super <laughs> advanced like just so re- it, the, like again almost in a comical way like it doesn't seem like it's like the guy's scared like he's just and the guy's like well what you know like what can i do he's like oh there's nothing you can do like you <laughs> just don't even worry about it like i won't save you even though i have a car that clearly has enough space and i'm trying to fix it so that we can get out of here yeah you know there's none of that he's just like my drone business man i could be helping you but even though we're in the middle of nowhere with no robots in sight right but i'm not going to do that it was just like so weird. And then immediately after their conversation, the guy just gets shot to death. And you're just like, okay. Also, the scientist that's suffocated in that room. Oh, yeah. How the fuck do you make a room like, what, airproof, airtight? Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> so dumb. For a control room? Yeah. Oh, did you notice what they were looking at? This is another thing that I loved, Is by the way. 
it looked like they were they were looking at like a Windows ninety five screensaver when they were trying to control the robots. It was literally just like a triangle <laughs> and a square in like Tron esque fashion with like trails. other like yeah triangles trails. and squares like trailing behind as it bounced around the screen. They're like. We got to up the, like, whatever, you know, the kilohertz or whatever. And it's still just these things bouncing around the screen. And I'm just like, what is going on here? I know they're trying their best, their best to make you futuristic, but come on. Yeah. Although, when Yul Brenner's face falls off and, and he's, like, wandering around, it's just that empty head. I'm like, ah, cool. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of turns into a horror movie there at the end. He like pours the acid on him and it doesn't yeah. stop him, sets him on fire, doesn't he just like I love how nothing stops the Yule Brenner robot, but that lady robot, as soon as she drinks water, it's like over. Yeah. Or just when one of them gets shot like once, they just like fall over dead. Well, but that's part of the design, I would say. Oh, and the design and the malfunctions, so yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. But Anyway, I, I kind of thought that this was going to be one of those movies where you find out that somebody you thought was human was a robot, but no, you know. there's no twist. It's pretty straightforward, to be honest. What a twist. There are twists in the show, though. Oh, man. If I could show. I just got Andrew's yawning with excitement. I just immediately got exhausted. So tired. Anyway, crazy, uh, I would say if you like get really wrapped up in the show maybe watch the movie just to see where it came from. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll be honest with you. I watch this movie half with an eye to try and like dig out more information about what could possibly go down in the show. I'm just like, okay, like what, what's happening here that I can, that I can like, you know, squirrel away a little nugget from, but the pacing, like the show, it takes the very, uh, opposite approach from the movie where they show you kind of feel bad you you're meant to feel bad for the robots sympathize for them and want them to be free i i think whereas the movie you're like ah, fuck those robots those evil pricks you know and yeah. i think that they made a much better choice with the uh madam of the whorehouse in the tv show than they did with the one in the movie you mean thandy newton versus uh Whoever, whoever that was yeah. <laughs> I don't know who it was Yeah Yeah I mean Yeah mo Mostly watching this movie Made me want to watch the show Yeah <laughs> Which I will be doing 10 minutes from this recording session But let me just say this though If you have not watched the show yet And you want to Maybe watch the movie first And then tell us what you thought Definitely Because I I would love someone to watch this movie With fresh eyes and let me know it's it's impossible now, like that show's so ingrained. It's there are very few shows that as soon as it airs, I'm like I need to watch this. Oh, yeah. Although I probably won't watch it until tomorrow, if we're being honest. But uh, you know, there are other shows where I'm like, uh, you know, I got some free time, maybe I'll throw on whatever it is, you know. But this show, I'm like, oh, gotta watch this the next day. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, hey, it's pretty good. Uh. This seemed to be just a giant commercial for the Westworld TV show, so let's actually recommend some things here. Yo, HBO, pony up. You can go Get first. some free advertisements. Uh, music recommendation again. The new De La Soul album. It's not really new anymore. It's a couple weeks old. A couple weeks? A couple weeks? That's still new. A couple, mo couple months? That's, see, that's the problem with our culture these days. It's just like, ah, that's been up for two weeks. <laughs> Fuck that old shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. The new De La Soul album, The Anonymous Nobody. Um... Last 
last episode, I uh, recommended the new Tribe Called Quest album. Mm-hmm. Uh, De La Soul feature on that. Native to just Native Tongues crew, man. This has been a great year for hip hop. Lots of really good records. New De La Soul album's got a great supporting cast. Little Dragons on there. Damon Albarn's on there. Basically, the the Gorillas crew that on that on Feel Good Inc. When De La Soul was like rapping as part of Gorillas. Yeah, you just got those people back together. You're taking me back to one of our early episodes talking about Little Dragon. Oh yeah, I love I love me some Little Dragon. Little Dragon's featured on a lot of great albums this year. Catronada flume uh but yeah de la soul the anonymous nobody it's it's just a great record it's awesome sweet Jill scott's on there snoop dog um it's it's fun it's soulful yeah man i don't know I feel a little corny the way i'm i'm bigging it up but it is is honestly very good so if you're into hip-hop or even if you're like not super into hip-hop but you like a lot of different types of music Mm-hmm. There's enough uh, variety, I would say, on this. Um, you know, there's a couple songs that are just like straight bars, like traditional rap. Sure. There's a song with like Usher. The Little Dragon song is like they almost there's almost no rapping in it at all. It's like her singing with kind of like beats and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still it's in very high rotation. So. Unless you're about to recommend some music, maybe we can. Uh, yeah, no, we'll throw that on. Throw that on. I'm actually torn between two films, so I'll save the second one for later. But I'm going to recommend a movie. Came out not that long ago, but I feel like some people saw it. It's not exactly hidden, but I saw it recently and I really enjoyed it. Called War Dogs. I still haven't watched it. I I liked it. I mean, really wanted to see it. If you liked Lords of War. Yeah, that movie's amazing. This is more of a comedy version of that. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill does a fantastic job as usual. I mean, I don't know how big a Jonah Hill fan you are, but a pretty I, big Jonah Hill fan. I love when he takes on characters. Like, there's a lot of films where he plays Wall Street, where he plays Jonah Hill. Yeah, you know, like he's obviously a heightened version of himself or whatever. But like, there's some movies where he actually just plays characters. Yeah. And Moneyball, is, he's fucking right. amazing in Moneyball. This is based on a, a true story of sorts, and he takes on a character, and it's amazing. I also have a soft spot for a re, for no discernible reason, really, for Miles Teller. Yeah, Whiplash maybe. Well, even before that though, like I liked him in Whiplash. I liked him in Project X. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't he just play himself in Project X? Yeah, though? they're like, yo, Mytel, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, Whoa, fuck. What other Fantastic movies has he, has he been in? No. <laughs> no, you weren't a fan of Fantastic Four? Well, I think we both decided that we we hated it far less than most critics did. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I have a spot, soft spot for both of those guys. And I don't know. The film kind of plays out. It, it was fun. It, it's not like, you know, Whiplash or whatever. It's not going to... Um, kind of change your world but i strongly suggest checking it out because i feel like it's one of those movies that came out you know maybe it was on your radar maybe it wasn't most people probably didn't see it they're like oh you know i'm interested cool. in seeing that but like didn't end up seeing it didn't yeah. see it maybe if it comes on netflix or you know pops up in their itunes store or whatever they'll be like oh let's check that out but like otherwise they'll have never seen it mm. and i think it deserves a little bit more than that you know I'm actually looking over Miles Teller's uh, in the Divergent series filmography. Yeah, but like, 
These are all crap. Yeah. Other than Whiplash. He's in the 2011 Footloose. He's good, though. He's got, there's got to be something, because I feel the same way. Maybe it's just the potential. Maybe he's just, like, waiting for his, you know, fucking I don't know what. Yeah. No. It's like that. You know what I feel like it is? It's like there's, like, a... <clears throat> even though, realistically, it runs the gamut, it, there's not really, like, generations, per se, of actors. You know, there's actors I like of every year of age. But, right, like, right. it feels like there's, like, a crop of similarly aged actors that are just fucking killing it and he he belongs to that group but like i couldn't place probably because of whiplash but like sort of like joseph gordon levitt has been in some interesting stuff jonah hill you know comedic actors that are now doing more serious roles um that kind of thing like is very whoa what sorry i'm i'm still on this whole i first of all i totally agree with you uh, on your point and I it must be the potential, but I just was was looking over his credits, and it turns out the last Divergent movie mm-hmm. is going to be a TV movie. Like it's done that poorly that it they've they, it's not not done poorly enough that they don't want to release it, but it's done so poorly that it's like nah fuck it it's just gonna we'll, we'll just release it on TV, although that seems silly maybe like they should just release it on Netflix or something. I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I really thought there was more Miles Teller's Miles Teller movies that I'd seen that were were good. What's Forty Seventh Floor? Oh, it's a TV series. Anyway, I'm uh, falling down a rabbit hole here, which is another Miles Teller movie. Um, <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, check those things out. De La Soul, War Dogs. Uh, even check out or You Gotta Love It if you are a huge fan of the TV show Westworld. And definitely, to wrap up, definitely everyone, young, old, uh, boy, girl, and anything in between or outside of that, check out In a World. Because fantastic film. It's great. It's so good. So next week's... Uh, choices will be for the hidden gem a movie that came out not long ago but i feel like didn't get the love that it deserved now i haven't seen it but everyone tells me that it's good there's a film called kubo and the two strings and the you gotta love it for the week is a considerably older film called the six string samurai featuring a buddy holly character who uh traverses the wasteland that is the United States after World War Three, fighting off zombies and Soviets. I mean, think uh, Mad Max meets, I don't know, Toxic Avenger meets uh, the Body Holly story. Cool. Great. Yeah. Keep loving it, guys. Good things come to those who wait. She don't even care who she is. She don't care about nothing and nobody. They call it no class, no representation. My take on the day's woman, you got so many different flavors. You got so many different types. Give me the package deal. Any woman that know how to cook a good 22-pound ham, to the hoop. Nothing like a tall, six-foot-five woman for a short man like me to fill up a good water bill. I'm only six to 
Track. Hey. 